rumor, a currently circulating story or report of uncertain or questionable truth. This is Rumors of Grace, where I talk to people rumored to have found beauty and truth in broken and uncommon places. Welcome to another episode. As always, this is Bob Hutchins, and sitting across the table from me today is a gentleman that I think you were going to find his story and his journey fascinating. I know I do, and it has already touched a lot of people. His name is Jeff Huxford, and Jeff was a family medicine doctor in Northwest Indiana for 10 years, but then something changed his life radically. He had, he had to retire due to complications from a traumatic brain injury and what is known now as TBI. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that event, and we're going to talk about what has happened in his life. Since then, he's become a blogger, an author. He's become a speaker. He's written a book. In 2016, Jeff moved to Franklin, Tennessee, where I live and reside and where we're holding this podcast today with his wife, and their two children. Uh, he's an avid reader. He's a diehard Cincinnati Reds fan and can usually be found at a field or a court somewhere around Nashville watching his kids play sports. I also uh, quite frequently see him out moving and walking and contemplating. He's just a great all-around guy. His book uh, is called Finding Normal. Finding Normal. Jeff, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Bob. This is good to be here. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's great to to talk with you. You and I have, have gotten to know each other a little bit um, over the last few years. I know when you were writing your book and uh, moved, first moved here, we connected, and I think we've seen it seen each other at some other events. But how are things going? What What's life like moving from uh, Indiana to Franklin, Tennessee, Nashville? Yeah, so um, yeah, we moved here in... in uh, September 2016, and um, it's been a good move. Um, after the uh, brain injury, and then after I had to retire from after I was forced to retire from medicine, um, we were living in a small town up in Northwest Indiana, and we loved it up there. We had family close by. We had good friends. We had good church community. Um, but we were. I was finding it. Well, I guess we were kind of both both kind of finding it hard to move on. Mm. Um, we both felt a lot different than we or before and things had changed so much and um with a brain injury and you look the same i mean Mm. i look i look exactly the same as i did before but um i feel completely different Mm. it was just kind of hard to keep to Mm. go on in that community so we decided to give it a try i mean we when we came down here we thought you know it was almost like a test run i guess um uh i guess it's like a major change to be a test run we thought Mm. we'll come down here if it doesn't work out if it's something that's just not not working out like we thought it would uh, with either me or my wife or my kids we would we could go back but um it hasn't happened we it's been it's it's been a <laughs> so it's been three years or so yes yeah, been been over three years we've been here and it's been a uh, it's been a good thing for us good we're glad you're here um let's talk a little bit about i mean you're a young guy so obviously you were a very young doctor and you were you know Went to went to school. I think you didn't. You grow up in that area in Indiana. Or? Yeah, I lived in it my whole life. Okay. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. decided to be a doctor and starting your practice. Young family, and um, before we get into the accident and what happened, uh, what was it like uh, being a doctor there? And is this something? Was this your dream all your life since you were a child? Yeah, I don't know exactly when I started thinking about being a doctor. It was pretty early on. I think it was sometime around middle school. I started thinking about being a doctor, and that's. That was my plan from the start. Um, went to college in Indiana, at a college called Franklin College in Franklin, Indiana. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I went to med school at Indiana University. Um, actually, after my after med school, uh, me and my wife got married and we moved to Tennessee. That was our first time we moved to Tennessee. We lived in eastern Tennessee. Mm-hmm. That's, that's where I did my residency at. Um, but our intentions all along was to go back to Indiana after I finished my residency. And... Uh, so uh, it just so happened that a job opened up in my wife's hometown right when we were getting ready to move back, and that's, I took, that's the job I took. So we moved back to my wife's hometown, and I was working as a family doctor, um, 
it was kind of the job I envisioned myself mm. doing. It was working in a small town. I was, you know, small community, small farming community, pretty similar to the, to the town I grew up in, a little bit bigger than the one. I grew up in a really small town farther south, farther down south Indiana, a little town called Rosedale. But, um, yeah, so it was, I was doing this job that I envisioned myself doing the rest of my life. I felt like I was pretty good at it. I was making uh, good connections with my patients. I felt like um, I felt like I was doing what I should be doing. I had uh, a wife, um, two kids. I mean, things were going exactly how I planned out. It was like the American dream. So mm. that's what I tell people is, you know, if you think about the American dream, I, felt, I kind of felt like I was living it. And, so you were loving your practice, yeah, loving where was, you were living. Mm-hmm. You were a young doctor, climbing the ladder. Sure. You know, you were... You had it all, like you said, Middle America, right? Yeah. Loving the Cincinnati le- right. baseball, apple yeah. pie, all that good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Not apple pie, apple pie, not so much. <laughs> but the Reds, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So, take us to that day in 2016. What what happened? So the accident was in 2012. I'm sorry. That's right. That's fine. The, the, you yeah, moved here in 2016. Moved, right, yeah. Take us to the so, day in 2012. So May 3rd, 2012. It was um. And normal, I had, it was a Thursday. I was, it was like any normal day. I might have the day off. Um, my kid was, my son was a kindergartner, so he was at school for, for the, already for the day. My wife and my daughter were at home uh, managing a garage sale. We had like a neighbor neighborhood garage sale, so they were doing that. And my father in law called me that morning, and he uh, owned Ace Hardware in town, and so he called and said they had some. We were looking for some flowers for our front porch, mm. like some hanging baskets. And he called that morning and said they had some in stock. So I was going to run in town and get them. So I, re- I went into the hardware store and uh, picked up the fl- picked up the fl- picked up the flowers. And um, that's the last thing I recall from that day was being mm-hmm. at the. And I don't recall too much about being there, but I, uh, I can faintly recall being at the hardware store that morning. But so I was driving home. It was about a three mile drive, and it was a drive. I it was a path I took pretty much every day um, to work. And I was going through a uh, four way stop that had flashing red light. Uh, always and all always so a four-way flashing red light and i was uh, making my stop i was making my way through it another car failed to stop and uh, it was a work big work truck and hit i was in a truck as well and it, it hit me in the passenger side and pushed me into a concrete pole and um wrapped my truck around the pole and my head uh evidently went through the uh driver's side window and hit hit the pole mm. and uh that's what caused my most significant injury from that day was the, that's what caused the traumatic brain injury was there um physical damage to your skull was it um no i didn't have any any no fractures no, no fractures it was all um it was all the injuries all from the brain shifting violently inside the head a concussion basically yeah those are really yeah very massive concussion very massive. so there was lots of uh there wasn't any specific area that was bleeding that they'd, they had to go in and drain or wasn't like pressure build up and a lot of times with a brain injury, the pressure builds up, and and they have to um, drain that. But my injuries were all over, and there was really nothing they could do for it. It was more like a wait and see. So any other, any other parts of your body injured? Um, the only other I didn't have it. I was it was if you saw my truck, it's a miracle that I had that really no other broken bones other than a broken. I had some some broken ribs, mm. and one of those punctured a lung, so I had to I had to have a chest tube put in um, at the scene. Um, it's a ch- the chest tube is uh, so I I was on a, taken by helicopter to Chicago and um, apparently I didn't think I needed I needed the chest tube so I actually took out the chest tube mm. myself in the <laughs> helicopter on the way so um, you don't remember that I'm <laughs> no no so you were conscious no I didn't no I mean I talked to some people that were on the scene they said I mean I, I was I was awake I think and doing right. stuff but, but I just, you weren't not I didn't out. yeah I wasn't like I didn't know what I was doing I don't, I don't recall what I was doing right. but um. At least for the first bit, I was conscious. I, I think I may have lost consciousness at some point. Mm. Um, and they, um, but at first I wasn't. And in fact, I talked to one of the one of the um, uh, policemen that was there. At, uh, one of the cops that was there that day. He was a patient of mine. He said that um, at first I was like telling him I need to go home. Like I was telling them that I went. I, I was in the. You know, I was trapped in the in the car in the truck, and I was telling them like I need to go home. I need to go home. And so I was kind of talking. Mm. Talking wild. So you get to the hospital, they get you there, and um, what what do they find or what? Yeah, so they um, apparently I would, they, they took me to, they first flew me to this hospital outside of Chicago in Oaklawn, Illinois, called uh, Christ Advocate. It was a, like a trauma center. 
and uh, of course they they have to evaluate me all, all kinds of imaging studies I'm sure and blood work and all that and um, yeah they so they really the main thing they find is my brain injury and um, they uh, based on some of the based on what the MRI showed again they couldn't find any anything that needed to be fixed right away uh, but they but they found a lot of um, uh, what they call uh, was it they called it a diffuse axonal injury mm. which basically means like all the tiny neurons in my brain all got when it got shipped around in my brain, they all they kind of got torn and separated. Mm. Um, they also refer to this. They also kept using the term brain shearing injury, mm -hmm. um, which kind of means the same thing. The nerves are getting torn. So this is so the so your brain just just for those people that are listening, and I obviously have a lot of interest in this. Is um, it's in your in your in your skull, and it's mm -hmm. kind of floating. And is yes, yeah right. And is it con is there small connections of nerves to different just, things? Just inside the brain, there all your nerves are connected in their brain. Right. You know, it's right. really delicate. And so, whenever it, you have when my head hit the pole, they just shipped my brain just violently shifted and tore a lot of those nerves. Yeah. <laughs> if you and those are these are this is stuff I really didn't I didn't really understand this stuff before I had mine, but um, uh, my wife did not do this luckily, but um. She didn't go home and Google like diffuse axonal injury or brain shearing, but uh, if you Google, if you look up those things in, online, you'll you'll wonder like why I'm even here mm. today talking to you. Why I'm even able to do this? Because because I, when I when you say the word shearing, yeah. that means like cutting off, yeah, or, right, or torn, torn. It, yeah, or, yeah. It was it was a very um, usually a very devastating injury. I mean, it mm. it uh, leaves a lot of people in like a semi vegetative state. And they really can't function. Mm. Um, so, I mean, it's an absolute miracle I'm here today and that I survived and I'm able to hear and talk to you on this podcast. Because, mm. um, and know. so did they um, put you in some kind of induced coma or anything? I was, um, people, I think I was in a coma for a couple of days um, because I was, they had, to, they had been on a breathing machine. So they're probably trying to keep me calm, keep me relaxed from that. But they actually, I think I only had the uh, uh, breathing tube in for a couple of days. So I imagine when they... Um, when they're going to take that out, they kind of uh, withdrew the medicines that was keeping me in, a, mm -hmm. in the comatose state. And what's the first up. thing you remember of waking up or at least being in the hospital? Right. Yeah. So um, I was in this first hospital for a week, and I don't I don't recall being there at all because mm. I had to go back there for a follow up appointment. I thought maybe when I saw it, I would remember something about it, but I couldn't remember that place at all. But they transferred me from uh, the first hospital to a rehab center in downtown Chicago called the Rehab Institute of Chicago. And um, I was probably been there about like a week and a half, so two and a half weeks total. And so I think, I think my first like recollection of what was going on, or I didn't, and at first I didn't know what was going on. I just, I saw things and I was starting to ask questions. And um, I think my first, my first rec, my first memory is really, I was up on the 10th floor of this hospital room and uh it overlooked like uh lake shore drive and lake michigan was out there and i can re i can recall waking up and looking laying in my bed looking out the window and i was thinking i thought it was the ocean i thought i was on a vacation or something i thought mm -hmm. i was like in a hotel room and i was on vacation but i didn't realize i was in a hospital and in mm -hmm. chicago and all that so that was and that was not till like two and a half weeks is when that happened so mm -hmm. so for the um they call that stage after after you have a brain injury um they call that um, uh, post-traumatic amnesia. Mm -hmm. So that's the period following a, a brain injury where you just don't know where you are. You're not you're not really awake. You don't know who you are or what's going on. So mine lasts about two and a half weeks. Mm. And if, yeah. So, so that was your first kind of like that's memory. my first that's my first memory, and, and it was the it wasn't a I wasn't accurate in what I was I, what what I was seeing wasn't really what I was mm. what I thought I was seeing wasn't the reality of it. So you so you start to have you know an awareness of mm -hmm. okay now I'm, I'm waking up i had an accident i'm in a hospital okay i had a brain injury what what do you what's the first things you start to feel like what are the first emotions i think i my, my wife said initially i was i just kept asking the same questions over and over again i want to know what happened and what caused it and where it was and then um the other thing i started doing that was interesting was i wanted to i wanted to talk to people like um I would have her call people, and it was and some of the people like it made sense that I wanted to call them, but some people was like kind of random people that I don't didn't talk to very much, but I wanted to talk to them for some reason. So, I was, so um, I had my wife call and all these people because I wanted to talk to them. And she said I would, and then for like a few days I would, 
I would call them and I would talk for a bit, but I would just cry. Mm. I would just weep. And she said that lasted for a few days. Um, the, uh, so that, yeah, that was, a, that was a, I wanted to talk to people, but, um, uh, I don't remember feeling, feeling too much. I, I think that, um, I don't think I understood it quite exactly what happened about the, like what my brain injury she meant at first. I knew that I was in an accident, but uh, when I started to finally understand that I had a brain injury, I still didn't get like how bad it was. Um, again, cause even though I was a doctor, my, my knowledge um, of how brain injuries affect a person wasn't great. So I think when I, when I first realized I had a brain injury and, um, I didn't think it, I thought it was something I would get over that, you know, once I got out of the hospital, I'd probably do a little more therapy and, uh, a few more months and do some stuff, do some, uh, some rehab and I'll be back to mm. as good as new. So, and did your wife begin to see early on, um, changes in who you were, your personality? Was there warning signs of that early on? I, th- I think, I don't, I think she knew all along. I mean, I asked her that too, cause I, I, I'm, I'm a lot different than I used to be. And she I said, Did, are you surprised that I'm changed as much as I am? And she goes, I know, I don't think she is. I mean, um, she knew that my injury was bad, and uh, she knew that there's be a lot of changes. Mm. So um, I don't think she's too shocked by it. Before we get into those changes, because I want to unpack that quite a bit, um, you, how long were you in the hospital? A month total. A month, which was um, uh, a lot less than they thought, because they started talking to my wife about halfway through my, about two or three weeks, about how. Based on my speed of recovery at first, I was going to need to go to like another long-term rehab. Mm-hmm. And that would be a place that I'd be for like, you know, months or maybe even years doing an extensive rehab. So they were starting to look at places. They, had her, they gave her a list of places that she could consider for that. And they, none of those were very close to where we live. So she was, she didn't know how she was going to handle that. What but, kind of rehab were you needing? Um, speech, a lot of speech therapy. Um physical therapy, like strengthening. And, cause was, I, I could, you, could you not speak certain things? or um, At first, I wasn't talking at first for a lot, but um, even when I started talking, I was having a hard time. I couldn't think. I'm sure I was having a hard time thinking about what I wanted to say, so I would, it's maybe it's like one word, and that would be it. So, um, But once I started talking, it was never – I never had like a problem like enunciating things. I mean, no worse than usual. <laughs> but um, – I had a hard time thinking of the right words. Mm. So I'd do a lot of, I'd be a lot of therapy as far as that goes. As far as physical therapy goes, it was um, more like balance issues. And you know, because I was in a bed for a couple weeks not moving, there was some strengthening that was needed too. But um, the main thing I think I would, I would have needed the long-term therapy for would have been just the, the speech therapy and like uh, uh, just basic like functioning, mm. I guess. Mm. Um, but yeah, when they started looking into places – my wife came in that morning when she like made a decision and when she walked in, it was like, I kind of woke up and my, I think my doctor was in the room at the same time. And he said, what we talked about yesterday, like based on how he's doing today, if this continues, I think he better go home. I, mean, I don't think you need to go to it. So that was, I think that was probably about two and a half to three weeks um, post-accident. So, okay. so I, you were a month and then you went home month, and yeah. And how, wh- what was your recovery like and integration back into your home? Yeah. So, um, they, uh, I know that when I went home, they told my wife, like, he can't be home alone with the kids. Like if you leave, if you need to leave, or he shouldn't be home alone at all. Like if you leave, if you, if you leave, you have to go somewhere, you either take him with you or have somebody come and be with him. So, um, the, uh, so that was, that was the thing that like I was kind of dependent on her. Um, she had to run me. I couldn't drive, so she had to drive me to therapy. If I wanted to go somewhere, she had to drive me. Um, you know, before the accident, we had our kids were young, so we were you know the we'd carry them upstairs to go to bed and stuff. So I couldn't do that anymore. So she had to do the carrying her. Um, she had to do a lot of things that we used to like both do that she kind of took over, and it, that that even continues to this day. But it was even that was definitely apparent at first. Um, so uh, the therapy continued. Um, I think well, they they do, the occupational therapy is another thing they that they offer. So it's more like helping you if you have trouble getting dressed or mm-hmm. trouble with your like ADLs. But they, they I tested out of that. I didn't I didn't need to do that. 
once I got out, it was more the speech therapy and the physical therapy. Um, so yeah, that continued. And how long was that? How long were you, um, in the home just kind of recovering? Um, I couldn't drive for five months. Mm. So I guess you could say, say five months of, I know that, um, at one point my therapy kind of got cut off because I was all I was, I was just at home. I wasn't back to work yet. So there wasn't much more they could think they could mm-hmm. do at the time. So it was more just recovering, waiting for my doctors back at the uh, the rehab center to, to decide if I could go back to work and when that would be. And well, so, so they approved that, and you did go back to work, yeah, right? Yeah. So I think I did my initial. They call it neuropsych testing. So basically, it's testing to see if I'm able to function, if I'm able to do my job as a doctor. So they had it was like a whole day of testing. It was a very tiring day. Um, so I went back and did that, and uh, after I did that, they said, um, I think you can go back. They definitely had some limitations on what work would look like. I had to have closer supervision. They recommend how many patients I would see a day and how much I should work a week. So um, after five months, I mean, I got to go back to work. Mm-hmm. It was a, again, at a much lower level than I had been before, but I was back to work. And um, another miracle, I mean, the I, I think they – gave me a very little chance of going back to work as a doctor initially based on the severity of my injuries. Mm. So uh, the fact that I could go back to work and after just five months was, was a miracle. So, and so what was that like going back to work after this? What, what you, you go back into mm-hmm. now, it's not your practice alone. You're with other doctors, I'm assuming. Yes. I, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. I, I had two partners and I also worked work with a nurse practitioner. So there was, what was yeah. that? What was that like? Um, I think, I mean, I was excited to get back. I think I was pretty confident in my skills. And, you know, after doing it for a few weeks and realizing that I could still do it, I mean, it gave me more confidence. So um, I just felt, I guess it felt good. I felt like a, I could, it was a big, uh, big hurdle to jump. It was more, I was closer to being back to normal. Like I, mm. uh, like I won, like that was my goal. Um, and then, and then what did you, what started to happen uh, during that time? Well, I just, I think the the longer I worked, I kept, I, I just kept thinking, I was, I just kept seeing more, more and more patients. I would eventually get back to my pre-accident level, like to seeing the same amount of patients and um, just doing the exact same amount of work I did before. And I, after, I don't remember exactly what it was, but, you know, after, after several months of trying to get back there and not getting there, I think that's when, uh, like the uh, permanence of my injuries kind of sank in. The fact that I wasn't continuing to get better, like the rapid progress I was making at first was slowing down and eventually kind of stopped. I think I, or I felt like it stopped. It, I'm sure it hasn't, I'm sure it didn't stop, but it, to me, it felt like I, I wasn't getting any better at all. But I'm sure I wasn't, I'm sure I wasn't to, to, to a certain extent. But, uh, I think when I realized, I think that was just the hard, hardest part for me was realizing like, this is, this is my reality now is that mm. you know, I'm not going to go back to being who I was before. And that's when, um, you know, a lot of, that started a lot of like emotional problems with the depression and, uh, anxiety and, um, struggling like OCD type stuff. And, um, mm. and were any of those evident or the accident? No, I didn't. I didn't. I hadn't had any of those issues before. So this was all new to me too. Mm. Um, I think that was just. I think yeah, it was just a when the reality set in. I wasn't sure how to, how to handle all that. Yeah, because uh, your whole life is, you know, yeah, you, you've worked toward this. Right. Everything's great. This is and then yeah. all of a sudden it's right. just ripped away. And yeah. Not only is it ripped away, but it's like there's a certain part of you that's no longer there. Like I can't get back to who I right. was. It's like I'm trying, but right. I, I can't. Yeah, a lot of qu- I questioned myself too. Like, was there something I hadn't done, or was there, was there not, or something else I should be doing now that would have helped me mm. get better? Something I had I hadn't didn't do before that would have mm. uh, would have led to like a full recovery. Had I had, had I messed up somewhere, so that was mm. I almost felt guilty that I kind of blamed myself for my lack of full recovery. Mm. I guess you you alluded earlier that. You know, you're very different, a different person than you were. Let's let's talk about those things. Like, what what is different? How is Jeff? And I know you could probably go through a list, but let's kind of let's highlight a few. Is how, how is Jeff Huxford today different than he was 15 years ago? Yeah. So 
it goes and the doctors talk about this new normal you know mm-hmm. after you have an after you have a brain injury the person you were for is no longer gonna you're no longer gonna be the same person you were before so you have this new normal and you got to figure out who you are now and all that stuff and that, that was something i really wasn't buying when they were first telling me mm-hmm. i thought that you know i was gonna recover and i was gonna get back to who i was before um but again at some point i, I realized that wasn't the case so i think um my new normal the way i'm different um yeah there's many things but i think that uh uh i told people about, it's kind of weird as a from some other brain you're saying i'm a lot more cerebral but i think i'm a i like i think about things more mm. like uh, uh maybe before i was more surfacey uh, i didn't want to i didn't want to talk about like deep i don't want to get like into deep conversations like we're having mm. today i just doesn't mean um I don't know. It was more like talk, let's talk about sports or let's talk about mm-hmm. easy things to talk about. Let's you know, let's not talk about feelings or whatever you know, mm. things like that. I was um, so, but I think after the brain injury, I became more like I have a hard time with small talk now, and just yeah, yeah. Um, I can still do it, but it's just I don't know. It's just, it just it it wears me down. Mm. Uh, Would you say there's a trans? There was a transformation and a change not only in your brain and physiology and personality but also maybe because what you're talking about are things that's even deeper than that at a, mm. at a, at a almost a soul level right like you know um it goes beyond personality yeah would you does that resonate with you at all or i think so um i think that uh i talk a lot about my writing i talk about perspective like i think that um the way i see see the world the way I see things now is a lot different than it was before mm. whether that be from what I went through or whether like the physical changes in my brain caused that or a combination the probably a combination of the two I just I see things a lot different than I used to um, mm. give me an example um, if you want to let you I could go into like my my faith journey I mean, sure my perspective on my, sure. I think I think that um, uh, thinking about faith I guess so my my, I've been a Christian my whole life and went to church and I was baptized. I think I was like in middle school and I got baptized. So I grew up and I, I uh, stayed active in church my whole life. Um, even after my accident, I was still you know, playing the playing the praise band. But I think that my whole view of uh, being a Christian and my faith before was all about making sure you do enough so you can go to heaven one day. Like that mm-hmm. was that was the goal. Um, and I didn't really look at uh, how God wants to use us now mm. while we're here like that you know, not only does God uh, save us so we can go to heaven but he also saved us to do work here for to mm. do do his work now along with him and he, and, he, and he empowers us to do that here so you weren't making that connection as a doctor like I'm I'm being used for the greater good no yeah it was more like Right. This was a compartmentalized part of my life, yes. and here I am over here. It's kind right. of like the um, the spiritual and the, the the physical reality did not really two inter- intersect. Two different things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's the you know Sundays I go to church. That's the spiritual part, but during the, during the week, um, it's about working. Um, I didn't make the connection there mm. about uh, using your work as worship. I've you know, I've read some books about called work as worship and. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Seeing uh, everything we do, whether it be work or leisure or whatever, um, is all for God's glory, and mm. God wants to use us. God wants to use us in whatever we're doing, you know. And it took a traumatic brain yeah. injury for you to realize that. <laughs> yeah, it took, it took, it took, yeah. It's, I mean, I think it's so. It's just kind of strange how that all worked out. I think I had a lot of. Um, I think I had a lot of head knowledge about stuff. Mm. Not that I was like a biblical scholar, but I think I knew a lot of things. But I think a lot of things I knew hadn't made hadn't hadn't penetrated my heart yet. Mm. So um, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's kind of ironic that a brain injury uh, moved things from my head down. I mean, yeah, yeah, moved it, <laughs> moved it. Yeah, not only yeah, just pushed it down. I guess I don't know. Yeah, yeah, there wasn't. That's, wasn't, that's that's beautiful though. Yeah, it, yeah, it really is. Right. I mean, to be able to say that now. I know. Yeah, uh, I know. I mean, at the time it wasn't, right. but exactly. Um, yeah. That, well, what else? What else is different uh, about? Ha, 
your has your personality changed? Like you talk about some of the things that you feel and think about mm-hmm. and and know um, on a deep level, but what about just the day to day? Like your relationship with your wife? How yeah. would she say? This is the Jeff before, right. and this is a Jeff. Yeah, she would be the one to ask. I, I think a lot of things, a lot of things that are different. I feel different, but I can't put I can't put them mm-hmm. in words. Whereas she might be able to like give you more like tangible evidence of this is something he used to do that he does now. This is why he's different. But um, I think that uh, man, I don't know. It's a tough. That's a tough, tough question because I sometimes I'm just not. I'm not always totally aware of sure. all the ways I change. This is a general feeling. Um, so. Yeah, I know that she would probably be able to give you more specific yeah, things. Yeah, um, sure. But uh, she's got to be an amazing woman. Oh yeah, she's I mean incredible. She, the way she's handled all this is, mm-hmm. I tell people all the time, if it'd have been the other way around, if she'd have been the one in the accident, and I would have been, I would have, I would have handled it nearly as well as she has. So, mm-hmm. um, and she'll she'll give all the credit to to God, strengthening her and guiding mm-hmm. her because she's she said she wasn't sure how she kept it all together, but you know it was the the peace that surpasses all understanding mm. was what that's was amazing. What I mean, not, not she has her weak moments like anybody else would about. Sure. Um, she gets frustrated and. What's hard for you now? What are you like? What What is most frustrating for you right now? So the most, um, I was just talking to my wife about this. Most one of the most frustrating things I have now is that I have so many like uh, things that I I want to do that maybe I, I didn't do before. Um, things that I guess that God is teaching me and things that he's made me aware of that, that things that he wants me to do. But sometimes I just don't have the energy to do it. Mm. So, um, what, what's it like? Give me a typical day. Like, um, I know, I know you still have to take medication for this and I know that, you know, there's a lot of things you can and can't do, but give me a typical day, walk me through it and then tell me what you're feeling and experiencing during those, during that, those hours. Sure. So a typical day for me, um, is we get our kids up, get them off to school. Um, we do carpooling, so usually uh, my son, my son's friend's mom takes them to school in the morning, and either me, me or my wife mm. take them up after school. So once they're all out and about, um, my wife goes and works out at a, a, a place in her neighborhood, and I go for a long walk. So I'll go. So if it's if it's nice out, I walk outside because I feel like being. So out. these long walks you do every day? Usually, yeah. Okay, like, yeah. So I go on a long walk. If it's cold, I go walk at the YMCA. And how long is that long walk? Um, like an over like an hour. Okay. And not, I'm sure. So a few not, miles. Yeah, like five. Lower usually you do four or five miles. Okay. Um, I walk pretty fast. My wife complains about that all the time. <laughs> um, uh, but I tell her like it actually hurt, like it first time it it like hurts me it hurts for me to walk slow. I don't know why. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah. I like to walk fast. So I go on a long walk and then, uh. She'll come home and uh, eat lunch or something. And I used to like try to battle through the afternoons. I'd get tired. Mm-hmm. I used to, to battle through it, and I would wouldn't take a nap. I would keep busy. But then if I did that, by the time the kids come home from school, I was you're spent. I was spent. Yeah. yeah. So I finally kind of accepted the fact that I need to take a nap every day. So usually after lunch, I'll try to take a, take a nap. And I don't I don't always fall asleep, but at least getting getting somewhere, laying down, and closing my eyes and uh, I usually do some reading for that. I read, mm-hmm. read a, I'm usually reading a book all the time. I read a book and try to close my eyes or sleep for, it's not a long nap, but just a little bit. And uh, once I get it from that, I'll go out and uh, either go, go to a coffee shop or somewhere and do some writing, work on my blog. Or um, if I, I was working on my, for a while there, I was working on my book. I work on a book. Um, I have ideas of writing another book, but, um, or I work, if I have a speech coming up, I work on a speech I'm going to be mm-hmm. given. Um, and that's my afternoon when the kids come home. Um, I try to help out with them. I don't always, uh, I'm always not the greatest helper. <laughs> my wife, my wife, just, she really picks up the load there. Um, I wish I needed, could help more, but mm. I have a, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's stuff that, like the stuff they're learning in school now. I'm not sure if I hadn't had, remember, if I would know this stuff, but a lot of this stuff, I just I don't know. Remember, I don't remember learning it and I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. I have a hard, I can't, my wife was a teacher, so she's very good at teaching this. She can teach this stuff, and I feel like I'm not really helpful with the sure. school stuff. I try to help if I can, but a lot of times I just can't do it, so mm. my wife does that. And then we, uh, you know, you spend suppers, eat supper as a family, and uh, after that, it's on, for, for our kids are in sports, we're 
going to pick them up at, sure. at school or wherever they're at. And then uh, I'm usually the first. I'm usually the first one to go to bed at our house. Yeah. I, I go to bed before my kids do. So you have no problem sleeping? No. Yeah, I sleep. Yeah, I have, I've take sleeping medicine. Mm. If I don't take that, I see, I wake up so easily. And if I, once I wake up, I'm like I can't fall back asleep. But mm. so I have to take medicine to help me sleep. But if I do that, I sleep. I sleep well. Yeah. 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 As a doctor, Jeff, um, with a background, you know, in, in general medicine and, you know, doing all the work that you've done in your education, um, I'm sure that's very unique and different um, that you see and observe things um, on a level that's sim- simultaneously, you know, the human Jeff guy that's had a brain injury, but then there's also like the doctor Jeff yeah. that's always thinking, what's going on in my brain? And I know, and you're, are you trying to, do you do this? Like try to analyze yourself? Analyze myself. Um, I think I used to do that more. I do more than, I used to do it a lot. Mm. Not as much now. Um, it's funny. We met, when we first moved to our neighborhood, we were talking to uh, our neighbors and uh, we were telling them about the, well, you know, we just moved there. We are telling them why we moved and what happened and stuff. And the, uh, the man that lived in this house, the husband said that he was a he was a psychologist, and his wife, I'm not sure what she did, but she was she wasn't in the field, and so I kind of jokingly said to her, like, I bet you're like analyzing me now, right now, like figuring stuff <laughs> out. And he goes, I'm not, but she probably is. She, she, does, <laughs> she does it more than me. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So, so it's, that's really more um, personality, then, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, so. but I don't, I don't think I. Um, I think your question was if I. Analyze. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I do too much of that. Okay. Yeah. Well, along those lines, what have you? I mean, I think this whole story is fascinating because, you know, there's movies and there's stories about, um, you know, people going through traumatic brain injuries or having something similar happen to them, and they become like totally different people. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it turns out really, really great, and <laughs> they're like this you know, whatever before, and then they become this guy who, or person or woman who does this amazingly uh, different thing, you know, right. whatever it may be. And then there's stories of, you know, it going the wrong way or, or whatever. So this idea of your brain and the physiology uh, being the source of who we are as people versus, you know, so many times we have this this feeling that I am this and I am that. And at the end of the day, talk to me about what you feel like, how much of it is all just physical material brain Mm -hmm. at the end of the day and how much of it is, you know, this spiritual, this soul, this essence of who we are, because obviously you have changed and you can see how that could be something that could change radically. So at the very essence of who is Jeff Huxford, um, I know we're kind of diving deep into some phys- uh, both <laughs> philosophical mm-hmm. and scientific questions, yeah. but I, that's fascinating to me. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yes, um, so I think I think it's a combination of the reason I'm so different is a combination of many things. But obviously, there's the injury part of it, but part of it is just the. Um, uh, you know, my my experiences, my life experiences, and um, uh, the uh, the way I was raised, or the way that I was taught to go through things, um, the way I was taught how to manage, how to handle handle adversity, and um, so I think I'm having a hard time explaining my answer to this question for you. Yeah, it's got your culmination of your experiences. Yeah, I think I mean I don't think it's one or the other. I think it's a kind of I think it's in both for sure. Mm. Um, the uh, I think that I could have, if I was a, if I had the same injury but I had a different life experiences that it could have turned out totally different. Mm. So that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, so depending on who the person is prior that in brain injury result could be something totally. Yeah, different. I think so. Or or it could and a lot of it could have to do with the support system they have around them too. Mm. You know because. Um, a lot of, I mean, with a brain injury, uh, more than likely the person will be going to be a different person. So, a, a lot of it depends on how people that they, people that love them or people their family and friends accept that. Mm. If you have a person that goes through a brain injury and they become a totally different person, whether that be a good, whether that be for better or worse, if their loved ones aren't accepting of that, 
it could be it could totally totally change the outcome of how they handle it all mm. and i was uh i was lucky to be and blessed to be surrounded by people that were accepting of it mm. um, and uh i think that was a big factor in me being able to that's so good go to the other side yeah yeah that's so good the the power of community and mm. family oh yeah and not just the value of it but like the transformative power like you right. have you we all have we're all so connected intimately that we have the power to influence and change the the trajectory of someone's life right oh yeah that's that's good because mm. I, I think for sure in my case that if i wasn't surrounded by the people that i was surrounded when i was going through it then it could be a lot, a lot different story for me mm. Jeff, what is it that you want people to know and understand about TBI, traumatic brain injury? Um, because we are living in a society today where you can't walk through the checkout at, at a grocery store without seeing some Time magazine article or some book about the brain, like brain and aging and brain and drug abuse, the brain and memories, the new revelations about the brain. It seems like we're entering this space when we're finally understanding some things about the brain. Yeah. And I know we're scratching the surface. Um, and so you hear things about kids having concussions and football and soccer and lacrosse. And uh, you hear, you know, people falling and having injuries. And you know, I feel like, you know, historically uh, for, especially for guys, uh, playing football, it could be like, oh, just shake it off and get back yeah. in there. Or, you know, um, you know, girls are in gymnastics and they fall and they bump their head and they're like, oh, it's okay, just yeah. rest for a couple of days and you'll be fine. What what do you want people to understand about about concussions sure. and TBI? What 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 is it that you've learned? Yeah, you mentioned there about. I've, again, I wasn't all that aware of uh, the scope. And the depth of brain injury before you see all this you talk about seeing all this stuff on the on the shelves when you're checking out and, um always is that so you're saying that's pretty new like that hasn't, hasn't been around for a long time so, I, I feel <laughs> like there's a huge um surge of that yeah. in the past five years i think i think you're right i always wonder like was i just not was i just not seen it before because i hadn't experienced it mm -hmm. or now i'm just now i'm just noticing no it i think it's more yeah discoveries um but i think with um the I kind of alluded to it before, but with brain injuries, with brain injuries, that um, if you if you have uh, if you know somebody has a brain injury, if you have a family or family or friend that's had a brain injury, um, just being there for and supporting them and and uh, accepting who they are as a new person. But I mean, you know, obviously, if the person is doing something that's that's uh, damaging to them or you, then mm -hmm. they need to be uh, made aware of those things. But just being supportive and mm -hmm understanding that uh yes they're different and maybe they're doing some things that they didn't do before and some of these things that maybe some of these new things are that you don't prefer things that you don't prefer and you like mm -hmm. the old one better but just being accepting of who they are now and trying That's to help great. them trying to help them improve and uh, do you feel like um i mean you're you are an extreme example and a beautiful example of of, of a miracle and healing and all these things you know, but it, it causes me to stop and think like, you know, I've had children who had concussions. Mm -hmm. I've had, I know, I, there's, we all know people. Yeah. If it hasn't happened in our life, our friends, our families who've had concussions. Um, do you think that, that those concussions, depending on how serious they are and how they're dealt with, um, can also cause changes in personalities oh, and yeah. small changes? I think and, so for sure. Yeah. Um, the uh, and there are some certain things they can do to to um, classify your injury as severe, or moderate, or mild. Sure. You know, um, based on those classifications, mine's severe. But there's also people that have mild injuries that you know maybe are not doing as well as I am. And I don't really understand. I, I can't. I don't have a good answer for why that is. Sometimes I wonder, like, why did God choose to give me this miraculous recovery and allow me to keep doing so many things that I shouldn't be doing. Like why, why me? And why didn't you know, the person beside me that had a much less severe injury, why are they, why are they worse off than I am? And I don't, I'll never know the answer to that question, but um, I, I think one of the things that I'm supposed to do is kind of what I'm doing now is trying to mm. teach people um, 
help people understand brain injury better, help them understand why their why their husband or wife or why their kid is um, why they might be acting a certain way, and to be more be more understanding and supportive of that rather than you know thinking they're just faking the injury and that they need to get over it and move on. But some of the things I've seen and read, um, and I have a little bit of experience in this, is that um, sometimes it, it, these results or the aftermath don't show up for years mm-hmm. for many right. people. And we're seeing that in NFL players yeah. and things like that, that, um, you know, a, a bump on the head or a concussion or multiple concussions yeah. um, may not affect you uh, immediately, but you see the results later on. Later on. Yeah, for sure. Now, uh, in one way, I think I almost feel like I'm fortunate that my injury was so severe that it showed all these changes on the, like, you know, that, I was most fortunate that my injury was so was so, so it was so early on it was it was already known it was so severe because I was able to get the the help mm-hmm. I needed very early on. Whereas some people that go, you know, if they fall and get a concussion, um, and they go to the ER and they're evaluated, they do run a you know a CT scan on them and it's normal and you know they're whatever the doctor feels like they're okay to go home. Mm-hmm. Whereas, but they don't maybe they don't follow up to get the get the follow up treatment they needed mm-hmm. and they don't realize that they've had a brain injury and that needs to be taken care of. You know, I'm in, I'm um, inspired by you that you um, get up and you walk miles every day. And, you know, regardless of whatever your situation is, whether, <laughs> whether you've had traumatic brain injury or you're just trying to um, stay healthy and alive and the best you for your family, any doctor, any chiropractor, any health nutritionist, would sit across the table and say, the number one thing you can do is stay active. Yeah. And do you think that's a big part of your recovery and your healing and your well, I think where it, you are today? It helps me. I know that when I walk, when I'm able to get out and walk, I'm a much better version of myself because, mm. you know, f- for a couple of days that I decided like I'm not going to walk today or maybe that runs the next day I don't, I don't walk. My wife will say like, um, I think you got walk today. So she'll notice. She'll notice that. I'm not doing the walking because I noticed that I'm not, and it's not, she notices I'm much better off. I'm, I'm a much better version of myself when I, when I can get out and at least walk around, walk some that day. So, um, she makes me aware of that. And I notice it myself too. I think I feel, I feel better when I do that. And, um, that's a good, yeah. that's a good encouragement. I think I, I think I sleep better at night when I, when I sure. get to walk and yeah. Sure. Um, the, I, I think there's a, and I believe, and many people have written about this through the ages, that there is a certain therapeutic and literal healing power of nature. Yeah. And the yeah, being noticed, a, being outside. When I, I've noticed when I, I'm, when I can walk outside, it's better than when I walk it. Mm. It's better walking on a treadmill in the YMCA is better, better than nothing. But when I can walk outside, I think it's uh, more beneficial for me than walking inside. That's good. Um, I know I get to, sometimes I listen to podcasts, sometimes I listen, don't listen to anything. I just think, and I know that when I first started writing on writing a lot for my blog, I would think of things, and I would just have my phone on me. I'd jot down a note, and next day I'd write more on it. Um, are you finding that people are uh, engaging and responding? And does that surprise you on some level? And if it does, um, I'd also like to know what kind of responses you're getting. Like, what are people saying about this whole? life that you've lived li- are in the process of living yeah um i think people are pretty inspired by it mm. i think some people it's kind of hard to understand is because you look at me i look the same and for the most part if you would have a conversation with me you would notice any changes though so i think a lot of people are just like don't quite get it but i think i think most people um are very inspired by it and they know my heart and our heart for it. they know that um Doing what I need, what I think I should be doing, and that what I'm doing is helping people out. That's the most important thing. I, I, uh, yeah, I think I think most people most people are mm. pretty inspired by it. Um, How can people find your blog and your writings and your book? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I made a uh, I made a website. I have a website JeffHuxford.com. If you use my name, um, and my blog's on there, and uh, there's a page on there you can find my book. There's, I, there's also FindingNormalBook.com. FindingNormalBook.com. That's got the book on it. And Jeff Huxford, H-U-X-F-O-R-D. And that's where my blog's on there. Um, I've been doing a lot of, I've not been writing a lot of of new blog posts lately, 
But what I've been trying to do is I've been going back and rewriting some of my old ones mm. because I feel like I've gotten better. Ex- I think I can explain things better than I used to. I used to have at least a lot of words and a lot of redundancy and it still didn't come, it wouldn't come out that clear. I knew what I was trying to say, but it wouldn't come out clear because I'd go back and read it. I'm like, what am I even saying here? And after re- reading a few times, like, okay, this is what I'm trying to say. I'm going to re- I'm gonna try to rewrite it and make it easier to understand. So I've been doing that lately. Um, so not a lot of new stuff, but updated stuff i guess some new stuff were you prolific at a writer like this before <laughs> the injury no not at all not not at, so that's the way i've seen mean, you talk about changes i mean um as far as like reading books i'm, I'm usually reading at least one book at one book now at a time i heard um love reading i love learning stuff by reading but uh, as far as writing goes i was never i never was interested in writing um mm. uh yeah i said i didn't write but um, I think what started that, the writing process was after I couldn't work anymore as a doctor, I needed something to, I needed something to do. And my initial plan was just, I was going to go around and tell my story, but I was at the time I was having a hard time explaining myself, uh, verbally. I've gotten a lot better at that. Not, not as good as I, I'd like to be, but uh, I've gotten a lot better at that. Um, but at the time I was having a hard time explaining myself. And so I said, you should just write this stuff down. And I was thinking like, I don't, I'm not a writer though. But um, I decided to give it a try anyway, and it ended up being very therapeutic for me, and I was able to explain things better and get things out. And this journal turned into a blog, and the blog eventually came to this mm-hmm. book. And so that That's wonderful. Process, That's yeah. beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Well, thank you for taking the time today. I know that um, sometimes uh, your time is, is precious, and uh, I'm probably taking your walking time up. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Uh, but I just want to encourage you that um, you're very inspiring to me and I know to a lot of other people and yeah, keep doing much. what you're doing. Yeah. Um, before we go, um, you've told me this before, Jeff. What was the prognosis of the doctor? Like when this uh-huh. kind of was over and you were kind of on your way, what, what, did, what did he say to you? Like what's your prognosis long-term? Well, based on the, the based on what my MRI showed and the severity of my injuries, they said – uh, they expected within five to ten years I would start noticing a pretty significant decline in my function, functional level. So it wasn't a very promising prognosis. It's been seven years. It's been seven years now, and I'm still doing quite well. So That's wonderful. Yeah. And so I hope you prove them wrong. I believe so you too. will. And I um, so thank you for thank you for being honest. And I love the empathetic Jeff. I love the honest and the prolific Jeff. Um I think you're going to touch a lot of people because, like I said, you are still got a lot of years ahead of you. Right. So, I hope so. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for, for coming and thanks, thanks for, for talking. On. It's been great. All right. Talk to you soon. All right.